1: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Climate Blue Podcast. My name is Dan and I'm joined this Tuesday by Matt Kendrick. This is one of our midweek episodes that we're coming into every single Tuesday. We're going to talk about something Aston Villa related. Today's agenda is the Villa Park atmosphere. Matt, how are you? How's things your end?
0: Oh, well, it's a very formal, kind of today on the agenda. Will be subsection <laughs> B. No, I'm good. I'm good. It's an interesting one to, to to get stuck into, I think, because I don't think it's as bad. As people, and I've gone straight into it. I don't think it's as bad Sorry. as people sometimes make out, but equally, I think it could be better and more consistent. And you know, it, it tends to kind of ebb and flow a little bit, doesn't it? Sometimes you, you're inside Villa Park, you think, Wow, what a place! You can say feel the hair stand up on the back of your neck. But my wife's given me um, a proper trim today, so um, <laughs> I can feel the hairs on my back on the back of my back stand, stand up uh, at Villa Park sometimes, and other times you think oh God, how how do we get this going? So it's definitely a a, a valid debating point. So
1: good choice. Beside my intro, I've got no other prep. I've got no kind of sections where I want to take this. I just want it to be an open-ended discussion between you and me. They put a tweet out over the weekend asking people, this is our next video. What do you think of the atmosphere? And one of the first replies was, what atmosphere? And I thought, okay, this is a good talking point then because people clearly have got divided opinion on it. There will be a section at some point during this episode, either in the middle or at the end, where I'll just read out a load of tweets that we've had. So if you want to get featured in that, tweet us, get involved, and and you might get your um, thoughts in the show or questions. So where do we start then? My first kind of point is... Has it got worse over the years? Because that seems to be the the kind of general consensus over social media, at least anyway, that in the championship days when we're riding this crest of a wave of promotion and, and winning 10 games in a row, it's the best place ever. Everyone's together. There's this kind of collective synergy between the fans and the players and the staff and the club as a whole. And since then, we've had a year behind closed doors, which has probably harmed it more than it should have done. And that this kind of parallels between a poorer football, up until Unilem you know, at least, and poorer atmosphere. Is that fair, do you think?
0: I mean, the, I think sometimes the, 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 the good thing about having me on, if there's a good thing, is that I kind of bring the old man view. Um, and i will go back further to my favourite days inside Villa Park, and I can't judge whether it was just nostalgia and seeing, seeing things through Clarence Blue Tinted Spectacles, being a younger man then, so probably having a more positive <laughs> outlook on life generally. Villa were winning. Back then, so I'm talking kind of, you know, early. Well, probably the the 90s and the and the early noughties. So it, it does help. It does help going and expecting to to turn teams over and and expecting to win. I think a lot of clubs now, not just Aston Villa, get what I call Premier League, and it's you want to be there because you're told it's the place to be for all the razzmatazz, all the hype all drama, but it's a bit of a closed shop. So you're not going to win every week unless you're one of the established elite. You're not mm. going to win every week. So it's several things to me. It It is the players giving you encouragement, but it's having an expectation level where you can still go to Villa Park and have fun and have a laugh with friends and and generate that feel-good factor. Not independently of the football, because if you're losing 6-0, it's going to be miserable, yeah. miserable all round. But if it's a 1-1 draw... How do you how do you get joy from that? You have to create some of it yourself, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. What what do you think? Obviously, we both go to Villa Park. Uh, we don't go to away games very often, if if that's all in recent years, at least for me anyway. We're there every week for home games. We both sit in the Trinity on Lower Europe, probably the I'd say the worst stand for singing, but it's known as the family stand. It's not it's not the upper holt or the lower north, is it? Let's just say that. How do you feel inside the stadium in terms of atmosphere? Because I always feel like when it's good and we're winning. And everyone's singing and the whole you know, and it's the whole stadium, even the Trinity are joining in with an L A L A L A LA 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 or Holt End's in the sky, whatever it might be, because we're tuning up against somebody, then it feels like, okay, we're all in this together. 40,000 people are all singing at the same time. This is great, this feels good. Look at it, look like look around how how nice this is. People who are watching this in different parts of the stadiums will probably feel differently about the discussion as well. But where I am specifically, near the dugout and the lower, you kind of like hear a bit up in the whole end in the top. And then you hear a little bit down in the lower north and they're kind of out of sync sometimes. How do we get involved in either of those? It feels difficult because if I suddenly stand up and start singing, which I've probably never done because it doesn't feel right to do it. No one around you joins in. No one around is doing that. And there's been times where I've been to games and there's been a couple of people, maybe a couple of young lads come with you know as mates and they'll start singing. And there's people around you looking at them going, oh, look at them like as if they're in the wrong kind of thing so that's a difficult thing to overcome in the, in the first instance how do we all get on the same hy- hymn sheet and, and and start being a collective unit uh, that's difficult to orchestrate amongst forty thousand people i think
0: it's an interesting point about different parts of the ground being out of sync because you almost need the trinity and the Witten to kind of bring the orchestra back on track yeah. don't you yeah. earlier when when the trinity does join in one version wins over even the ones who do want to chant so you know you talk about the the back of the whole end even they aren't doing i'm not blaming them even they aren't doing it consistently through a game so yeah the this ones-
1: isn't yeah just to interrupt sorry this isn't the blame game this isn't you and me sat in our you know up in the trinity going oh the atmosphere is terrible but, but boohoo everyone's not not chipping in it's not that at all but yeah i understand your point like even the upper halt, those section of fans, are they in the right place? Should they not be front and center in the lower hole? The
0: point I was making was if they they're turning up with a real kind of willingness to crank up the atmosphere and to start chant, and there's still long periods in games when they're not doing it, you know, what chance are the rest of what what chance are the re- resistors, the ones who kind of glared at those young lads who turn up in the Trinity and dared to chant, what chance are the rest of us got got of joining in in terms of your question about are they in the wrong place i don't know really i mean i'm a big advocate of um of safe standing and Mm. you know you see little pockets of it you see it's you know generally regarded as a success. In Europe, you know, there's been some trials in this country where it's still trying to kind of decide whether it should become a regular thing, even at the grounds where it's been trialed, let alone across the piece. But I actually do think it sounds horrible that it's almost kind of, and I'm not one for artificially creating atmospheres in terms of, you know, flags on chairs and 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 that kind of thing. But I do think a singing section, uh, mm. and the best way of doing that would be, I can't, in my mind, would be a safe standing section wherever you place it in in the stadium you know we're saying about getting enough people to go with the chant and run with it i think if people had signed up and bought their season tickets knowing that that's where they were Mm. they're going to be surrounded by like-minded people and that in itself will carry quite a quite a noise yeah and then we've got one part of the ground that can lead the choir and we can all join in with that version rather than a version you know, unless you have standing sections peppered all over the place, you probably still got the danger of uh, your harmonies going going astray.
1: What's your what's your view on on, on site
0: planning?
1: Yeah, it's absolutely something that, that should be brought in. I, I was trying to think then when, as you were saying, like what the figures would be and the perspective of what what would look good and how many is right. I don't know, but like the lower halt the halt end is what like thirteen thousand or something, fifteen thousand, I think. If it was like a, a lower section behind the goal or next to the goal of what, two or three thousand safe standing. Is that does that sound like way too many or not enough? I can't kind of gauge it. But if there's a dedicated section there and something similar in the north stand as well, the new north stand, I guess that would make sense to have two sides of the stadium where they've got the flags and the banners. And you know, like you said, if you've signed up to a seat there kind of what you're getting yourself in for if you're somebody that wants to sing and dance around and bring a drum or a flag or whatever it is sitting in the lower trinity behind the dugout probably isn't the place for it because it just it's just not that like the same kind of vibe it should be and i would love the whole stadium to be like that i don't want it to just be oh there's the singing section and the rest of us sort of stay quiet but that should hopefully be a kind of a kickstarter for the rest of the stadium going forward
0: you know i wouldn't mind it but i'm not sure i'd have the energy or the stamina to do it kind of every week but my son would love to be in there, and this is, <laughs> this is really bad. But um, he enjoys the atmosphere more going to watch Halzo in town and mm. standing in the shed end. All the people who want to be rowdy and bang on the hoardings and get the chance going are all there, but it carries, mm. around, carries around the ground. And if you've got 3,000 all in the same place, keeping the chance simple – I think because you know the more lines there are in your chants, the harder it is for the rest of you know. Unless you're handing out song sheets, oh, no and I'm not, I'm definitely not advocating that. Keep your chants simple. Bring back some of the the kind of classics.
1: Um, I was going to mention about the chance because there's one tweet that I've got and I will do the kind of social dictionary corner from Countdown section in in a second but there was one about uh, from Warren he said the atmosphere is terrible we go on like it's the best atmosphere in the league who are we kidding a couple of renditions of Hot is in the Sky and that's it can hear a pin drop sometimes this is also a fine balance act isn't it having more than a couple of songs but also introducing all these complicated songs that are too long the tunes that people don't know and then having these 15 songs where a couple of hundred people know but the rest of the stadium them don't and these are the things that pick up on social media and away days and things like that. And the atmosphere at away days is better. There's more very varied, varied songs there. How do you even get the atmosphere at the away games into Villa Park? There used to be things like
0: like the left side would chant against the right mm-hmm. side. So you'd you know you'd <laughs> can you wear you know can you wear the North Stand sing? And do you know what I mean? Almost kind of bantering yourself, yeah, a little bit more. So I think I think that would be good. But like even simple things like you know I won't sing it, but there was like I think it was the. We are. I will sing it. We are the famous, the famous Sultan. We are the famous, the famous Sultan. Anybody can remember that. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore
1: deal making across
0: sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
0: Do you know what I mean? Just just basic. When the team sheets were were announced back then, because you'd have to announce them because you wouldn't get them on on social media. So Hmm. you'd be, you know, and your program wouldn't, obviously it would be printed three days in advance and wouldn't have a clue, although the teams wouldn't change as much as they do now. So you would have a, a fair idea. When the team sheet would would be announced or the, the the team lineup would be announced, you'd have a chant for every single player. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't be particularly complicated. It'd be it'd be simple, but you've already got 11, 12, 13 chants. So not only can you generate the atmosphere at the start of the game by singing their chants when they're warming up or whatever, getting a little wave back from from the players, but you've also got a repertoire that you can revisit you know, we know we've got it. You know, Taro Mings, if he makes a kind of crunching tackle or big header, you know, he's here, he's there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, <laughs> so we've got a pocket, we've got a handful of them. But to me, having that variety of chants and having people stationed together who want to belt out those chants mm-hmm. is a start because it almost, you know, why can't the whole and sing? You know, we can't hear the Trinity sing or whatever, and kind of shame shame us. Us boring kind of soccer fans into life <laughs> to get get on get on our feet and, and that kind of thing.
1: The kind of variation in the complex complexity of the songs is interesting because people I've seen in the in the tweet section people moaning about things like do do do. Harley Watkins, like, it's so boring, but it's simple and it's easy to remember. Introducing a song that's Ellie Watkins and it's five or six lines long and it's to the tune of some Shirley Bassey song from the 1980s, it's like, okay, that looks good on social media, but it's not going to take off, is it? We'll talk about Project B6 in a bit, obviously, a a fan-led initiative that are trying to do more for the atmosphere, and I've kind of got, like, a a mission statement that they've sent me that I'll read out in a little bit as well. Before we get to that, and again, this isn't a dig at the club itself and anyone that works there and all these kind of things, but... The, the kind of pre-match rituals, I guess, that the club go through on a match day. Can we talk about those a little bit and how you feel? I don't know when you get to the stadium, what time you're in your seat before kickoff. all these kind of things, and how much you see of that. You know, the podcast we did there, post-match the other day, we were talking about the half-time game. That's the kind of thing I want to talk about for pre-match. So the way they read the team news out, the music they play, when the players come out of the tunnel, what are your thoughts on those kind of things?
0: I'm going to get there about an hour before the game. It just passes me by. To be honest, I'm just normally chatting to the people I'm with, or I'm chatting to my, my next door neighbours um at the at the stadium. So I don't really notice it, which I don't know That's the that problem, though, isn't it? That's the, yeah, the that problem, isn't me. it? just kind of wallpaper. Thing is, how does a club and how does a fan base? And I don't I mean this with, with the greatest respect because I could pick any clubs, but the last game, Crystal Palace at home, we're mid-table, they're mm. mid-table. You can't really present that as a kind of gladiatorial battle to come. So what yeah. does the club, I'm not, I'm not sure what the club club does differently.
1: I know what you mean. There's, there's certain big games, like I'm thinking back to like the championship semi finals and uh, playoff semi finals and things like that, where there was a period when you talk about players having uh, fan chants and stuff, the ones that were based off kind of real life songs, there was a period where the villa would play the song before kickoff. It's like the Conor yeah. Harahan song, Conor Harahan. That song, whatever the real life version is, they play that in like the pre-match album. So, like every so often, if it was a big game, and there was atmosphere, and the people were in their seats, kind of twenty minutes before kickoff, and not five minutes before. When that song was played, it would start the hurrah chant before kickoff. I don't know whether you remember that thing specifically, but those moments where it's a big game and you kind of think, oh my god, it feels good in here, and there was still 15 minutes to go. That's not up for ages, first of all. So that kind of thing would help, I think, the music choices.
0: Again, back in the in the 90s, um, Dex's midnight runners, mm-hmm. do you know that so it, it was and you're right, because that that would create ultimately now we kick off, we clear we cheer the team out the tunnel, we might might do one or two player chants as they warm up um probably a little rendition of la 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 and then after that right players it's over to you you're right if you got if we could find a way of getting the atmosphere going those 15 minutes before the game you're almost kind of giving that theoretically giving our team Giving Villa the advantage, you know, it, it's hard. If you're starting, it, it's like pushing I um, I don't know, it's like pushing a, a, a broken down car, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you, if you've already got some momentum before it starts, <laughs> even if there's a little bit of a setback, you know, if you, you <laughs> a speed bump, you've got some momentum. Whereas if you, if you, if you haven't got any momentum at all, and then you're starting against the speed bump because you've conceded or you've started poorly in the mm. first, the first ten minutes you can't get that momentum going again. So I agree, if we could find something, find some way 15 minutes, quarter to three on a Saturday or 7.30 on a, on a Tuesday or whatever, to, to really get that momentum. But I'm still not convinced that that comes from the club. I mm. think that has to come from the fans.
1: It's, it's a fine line between what the club can do and what the fans can do. You're right, because how do you build up Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa or Aston Villa versus Bournemouth or whatever it might be? Because they've done things in the past for bigger games with the the flame boxes and the fireworks and the light show and all that kind of stuff. And that kind of gets the, at least for me anyway, kind of a bit of an eye roll going, we're trying too hard now. Like, I want the club to do more, but having the lights flash off five minutes before we play Bournemouth, so what, what's that going to do? If anything, people take a few pictures and go, ooh, that was good. And then that doesn't create atmosphere, though, in my opinion, at least. Again, the semi-final. if there's already songs going on beforehand and we all know it's a massive game and we as fans can help and we're all up for it and we're all there, it's a nice sunny day and the flames are going off in the background or the music's going off or the lights go off, whatever. That all would, would all contribute to a nice atmosphere because we're already going for it anyway. But trying to force that upon a game that doesn't warrant it and the fans aren't really on board anyway that's difficult for the club because they've put the effort in to do something, but it's not quite worked in the way that they will hope it would.
0: It's noise rather than, and I'm, I'm not, I know we're going to talk Project B6 in a minute, and I, I'm really a, a massive fan of what they do and what they're, saying. what they're trying to do. It's atmosphere is more, how does it sound and how does it look visually? Now, we've seen good things in the past, you know, we, we've seen kind of big displays that, that take up a whole stand. And we've seen, was it the Man City fans or was it the Poznan they used to do when they mm. turned their back and started jumping? And that stuff, you know, I'm not saying that it, that visual things don't play a part, but for me, it is how do we get big roars, cheers, chants, that kind of thing. That sums up an atmosphere to me. And I'm, I'm not knocking, you know, the brilliant pyrotechnic displays that we that we see when the club do that for, for big games and, and some of the kind of, like the big banners and the big flags. I would rather have a stadium that has none of that stuff, he's mm. really, really raucous and really, really loud, than yeah. one that has all of that stuff and you could hear a pin drop.
1: Just back to the music very quickly. There's a bit of a meme going around at the moment about the bangerang Skrillex before kickoff. Are you aware of this? Okay, Do you know no, the song? You've
0: just, you just like you're speaking Latin <laughs> to me What's all that. <laughs>
1: I thought you wouldn't know, so while you were speaking, I found the song. I'll play it to you, and I probably won't be able to include it in the podcast because of copyright and stuff. So this is the song that's played before kickoff, or at some point before kickoff. So that plays that's on the pre-match playlist over the last few games, at least. And I've seen a load of people saying, like in replies to the tweet, saying turn Skrillex off, turn Bangarang down at least, so it's not kind of this massive like, ear-bursting thing. It's nothing to do with Villa. I don't know why it's on the pre-match playlists, but a simple starting point for me would be replacing things like that with, like I said before, the kind of Harahan song, whatever the real-life version of that is. I don't know, I can't think of a specific example but of players that we've still got at the moment, but if the Tara Ming song is to so-and-so, that song should play pre-match instead of some random... That no one no one wants to listen to anyway. At least it might think people might go, "Oh, that's the Tara Mings tune." I'll start singing it, and we'll see what happens.
0: I'm not saying that they shouldn't have a playlist, and the the the, the Aston Villa DJ shouldn't try and crank things up. But sometimes you're not encouraged to start a chant if there's already music playing.
1: Mm, yeah, true.
0: So, I mean, I, I suppose the danger with that is you don't do anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, no music, no chance just sing. It's, yeah.
0: it's even quieter. So it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting. And I know you've you've taken some comments that you're going to show show from from other people. Be interesting for the for those who do travel away to see, you know which of the stadiums have they felt that have really kind of created that buzz and mm. probably which of the stadiums with teams in a similar similar part of the league to Villa where it is going to kind of ebb and flow and we are going to win some and lose
1: some. We'll go to the Twitter section now. I've got a wide variety of different opinions. Some people saying people are kind of like moaning about the atmosphere for the sake of it. It almost feels like in to moan about the atmosphere and some people are genuinely frustrated with it. So let's have a quick look at what people on Twitter are saying. i quite like to have a name for this Twitter section, like, you know, like Dictionary Corner on Countdown. So if you've got a suggestion for what this kind of Twitter segment could be, leave them in the comments below. First up is Daniel Bowden, who says, always good for the big games, but has been very quiet since we've been back in the Premier League. Performances at home haven't helped, to be fair, as we know the fans will get behind the team if we can see passionate performances from the players. James Corton says, We are definitely a reactive fan base. Apart from the pre-match and the opening five minutes, we are led by events and performance on the pitch, rather than inspire them. Nowhere near the likes of Selhurst Park or Ellen Road, but still much better than Old Trafford, Etihad, Spurs, etc. I'd say 6 out of 10. T says, the problem for me is you have the back 10 to 15 rows with the whole upper singing most of the game, but they are separated from the rest of the ground by those who sit up there purely for the view. It's like sitting in a different stand if you're towards the front of the upper. Joe says it's bad at the moment, it might just be where I sit, but it seems expectations have skyrocketed and people would rather shout abuse all game and support the team, even when we're winning. Dominic says pretty poor during the playoff push I felt the players and the fans had a real connection and fed off each other since we've gone back up we've had a handful of good atmospheres but in general pretty crap Rational Villain says it's good compared with other home fans I've seen could still be improved though thumbs up emoji John says I think the atmosphere hasn't been as good for a couple of years the football hasn't helped although we are doing well under Emery the football example last week isn't get off your seat slash get the crowd going football also we don't have a player that gets fans buzzing Callum says awful at the moment everyone is so miserable Chris says, "Remove the entitled, grumpy, moan everything fans that sit with their arms folded, giving after dirt- literally just folding my arms. Remove the entitled, grumpy, moan everything fans that sit there with their arms folded, giving dirty looks to those who try and create more atmosphere, and instantly the Villa Park experience improves." Liam says. I feel like the fans can't wait to moan at someone for anything negative or mistake that they make. No matter how much better we get, they always want more. I want us to win just as much as the next bloke, but I certainly won't boo when we don't. Ross says, we're not in relegation danger or challenging, so we moan. That's what we do. Stefan says, it's absolutely shocking. The fans don't back the players one or two songs at best. Footy Mad Villain says, not as noisy as the past. I think we put so much pressure on the team at home and that affects it. Donald says, Nowhere near as bad as has been made out, but can be better for sure. I think there are a fair few stuck in the 80s, get it forward merchants about, but generally it's supportive. Dobby Williams says, Poor, very much a sing when you're winning fan base. Desperate for a scapegoat at all times. A club doesn't help at all. And Reese says, Not as bad as people make out. It seems very in to say it's crap. It can't be beaten when it's rocking or on big nights, in my opinion. The one thing I wanted to ask you about is almost about like, the fan pressure and the expectancy of people at Villa Park almost going there thinking, we're We're Aston Villa, we should be ex-opponent, entertain me that kind of atmosphere. There was a story that I read this morning from Daniel Story on the, the Independent, I think it was, or Indy 100 or, or whatever it was. I should know really, I will find out and I'll put a link below of where it was. But There was a, a paragraph in there that I wanted to read to you. It begins with Emiliano Martinez, by which we mean Martinez has the ball at his feet for an extraordinarily high percentage of a football match by a goalkeeper's usual standards. The Argentinian might stand there for 5, 10, even 15 seconds, a kind of long form game of piggy in the middle in which he dares an opponent to come near him for the pleasure of having the ball passed by them. It also made West Ham supporters growl and howl with frustration. When Villa do eventually move the ball into midfield, it doesn't st- tend to stay there very long. The key, Emery believes, is how quickly you change the pace from being very slow to very fast. Emi Brendier, Ollie Watkins and Leon Bailey are tasked with springing attacks. Watkins and Brendier in particular appear to delight in this tactic. And I think that's interesting that Emory's style of play is now a factor in the atmosphere. Moaning about passing around the back, moaning when a ball goes backwards, moaning when Emmy Martinez holds onto the ball for 10 seconds instead of booting it long for Ollie Watkins to not win the header and it go back to the opposition. That's a style of play now that we are going to hold onto it around the back and wait for the moment, wait for the moment to pounce. That's difficult. Yeah, I think,
0: difficult. We celebrate it, think and, you know then. though. No, but
1: we need patience as well. We need, oh, we need yeah, to understand yeah. that they're not time-wasting. They're not messing around. It's not time going. Oh, I don't know what to do here. They're waiting for the ideal moment. The irony is that they all know exactly what they're doing and we need to get yeah, on board you, with you, that as fans. Yeah, you, can't, you
0: can't beat your press until people have pressed you and, 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 yeah. and left the gap for you to, to play the ball. The piece that you, that you referenced there, he's saying that the West Ham fans were, were growling. Good. You know, that 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 to me oh, generates yeah, yeah. atmosphere if you're if yeah. you are, if you're winding the, 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 the opposition up. But even that example with Martinez having the feet, ball at his feet, is that an opportunity? Is that not an opportunity for a chant? You know, kind of, he'll pass when he wants, he'll pass yeah. when he wants. Yeah. Henry Martinez, he'll pass when he wants. So there's all these things that we can react to in a kind of a way, or we can say, well, this is what our new manager, our hoped saviour, is going to do. And he's already delivered on stage one by meaning that we're frustrated about per- being, you know, perennially, perennially stuck in 11th place or ever more. Whereas three months ago, we'd have dreamed of 11th place. So I think we just need to, need to chill out a little bit and say, OK, you know, these things are going to frustrate us. But win, lose or draw, score a cracking goal, give a stupid goal away we're going to be there, we're going to be there for it and we're going to create our own fun and our own entertainment and we're going to tell this set of players and this manager that we're there for them. And that's mm. that's a massive leap of faith, Dan, because we've invested hope and expectation in previous managers, previous regimes and not got anywhere. So, you know, I can say that. I can say, well, I'm going to go to the next game against Bournemouth on, on Saturday And I might not be leading the chance, but neither am I going to be leading the kind of grumbles when we Mm. play around the back. But how do I convince the bloke next to me or somebody five rows behind and that kind of thing? Because we're all going to bring our own expectation and our own experience to this.
1: I think it's an interesting point you raised about how would you convince the bloke next to you or the bloke far row so you to do something differently or the woman I should say. Um, it's very different on social media I think and there'll be people watching this podcast that maybe think yeah you know what let's, let's change let's try and be better going forward. And this is where we'll talk about Project B6. It's easy for them to get I say easy it's easy for them to get 500 retweets on, a, on a, a post about them wanting to do some flags on a weekend or scarf Saturday or whatever it might be. And everyone on social media thinks, oh, I'm on board with this. This is going to work. For how many of those people that are on board with the tweet are going to be at the stadium? And how many of them are actually going to take part in the initiative? And if they do, 200 people waving a flag in a stadium full of 40,000 people or scarf it doesn't look like anything anyway. You need 40,000 to take part in that to, to make a difference this isn't a dig at Project B6, far from it, because they're doing great work and trying to change perceptions. But how do you change 40,000 people, not just a couple of hundred on social media? That's a very difficult thing to do.
0: Well, maybe you do it with your 3,000 people. Yeah. And the 3,000 people as part of signing up for that season ticket, you know, I don't, I don't want to force it to... It, it's a it's a balancing act between forcing it and people coming to it naturally. But you say... you we've got this area of the ground it's safe standing it's a singing section and that will be the focal point of all project b6 and all fan group initiatives that's where that's where we we start it there and we try that for a season or a couple of seasons and if it if it dies on its ass you know it's shut down and we never mention it again but i don't think it will i think it will create that that wall of noise, if you like, and that wall of atmosphere and that wall of excitement. Mm. So I think at the moment it's doing things little, little, a bit like me not necessarily convincing the bloke next to me. Project B6 doing something independently of you know, somebody who, who wants to be, wants to stay in the back of the hole because that's where they've always gone. That's where you, you, the dad goes and all that kind of thing. Well, they love the things that Project B6 are doing, but that's concentrated to the bottom of the north stand you know what I mean? So it's mm. it's all little bits of um. I don't know. We we just need kind of a, again a management here, but we need kind of to to share that best practice. Something that's working well in one part of the ground needs to be shared elsewhere. And I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult one.
1: I went to Project B6 and they weren't willing to come on the podcast, but I said, can I at least ask you a couple of questions or can you send me something that I can read out? Founded in March 2017, Project B6 is initially based in the Lower North Stand at Villa Park. We aim to bring colour and vibrancy back to the stands. Whether that be flags and banners or mosaics, we hope to make Villa Park a cauldron of colour. We are not a group in the traditional sense. Project B6 is intended to be an umbrella for all fans to come under. We have a great foundation with loyal donators, supporters, and those who help out in any way they can. There's usually negativity and abuse from a few, usually regulars. We do know there are so many unaware of us, even the name Project B6 won't resonate with thousands. We feel that we are now aligned with the club, all on the same page, and the next few weeks will be huge in terms of pushing on behind the scenes. We want Villa Park to have flags every game, not because of us, but in general making it the normal thing. We've been working tirelessly on getting dedicated volunteers. We have them in place now. There are many TIFOs, Mosaics, Tributes, etc. all ready to go, as well as the Scarf Days, Retro Days, that everyone can get involved in with little to no cost. We are very optimistic for the coming months. We will be moving and basing the flags in the lower hole when we can get them back out but we won't be rushing into this because if it's going to be done it's got to be done right and that's the kind of mission statement from project b6 what do you make overall of what Project B6 have done so far and what they're trying to do?
0: In terms of their, their overall work and what they're what they're trying to do, I think it's brilliant. I think Andy from from that, that group contacted me probably when I was a Villa Reporter about 10 years ago. He should have come on if I'm getting his backstory wrong. He should have come <laughs> on, last him enough times, but his his dad, I think, or or, or his uncle or something, had bought him up on tiles of the whole end. When it was in mm. when it was in full flow, and you know we've spoken about the tend and that being a kind of a force of nature back in the day um, as a standing terrace, probably jealous, probably thought, well, why can't it be like that? So fair play to him to have got this off the ground in any guise,
1: hundred percent, yeah.
0: Whatsoever, I love what they're doing. I love some of the flags that they're doing. I love the banners that they're doing. I love that they're trying to bring fans together. I'm really encouraged when I heard an update from them in the last couple of weeks saying that they've had productive conversations with the club. I do think they need the club on side to 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 do what they want to do. Yeah. But again, it's on top of that. How can everybody in the lower north stand make sure that they're chanting relentlessly throughout the game? I don't know how. I don't know how you infect that. I don't know how you affect that. My day. Even if we don't win, I'm gonna have had a laugh with my mates and my family and I am gonna kinda of chanted till so I've got no I've got no voice left. It's hard, you know, it's <laughs> sorry, I've just kind of dot dot dot.
1: No, it's wow. fine. I, that, that's, I think that's probably as far as we can take the conversation without just repeating ourselves of, of what we've already said. I would, I would welcome people who are watching this like you said earlier, especially people that go to away games, different stadiums, how their home fans act on a match day, what their pre-match rituals are like. Are they blasting up old old goals from the 1980s before they kick off or are they playing goals from this season and trying to get a more modern feel in, in the stadium? Are they bringing out an ex-pro every week and, and you know what I mean? like trying to do different things. I'm hoping that the section that was in halfway or whenever with all the different tweets, was a different variety of opinion to what you and me have just talked about. People in the comments get involved with your suggestions on, on th- how things can improve. I'm sure the Project B6 group will be uh, casting an eye over this show and, and kind of taking on more ideas going forward into next, into the rest of this season and beyond. It's been fun, hasn't it, to talk about something a little bit different?
0: I think so, mate. Yeah, I just feel I feel, I feel a weight of responsibility for me and you to solve this. But uh, no, I don't. I don't think our lone voices from the Trinity. Uh, <laughs> You're going to make much of a difference but I suppose if everybody says that then we're never going
1: to get any noise are we So exactly yeah, exactly that Um so yeah thank you very much for watching get involved in the comments like I said. we'll be back on Thursday or Friday with a Bournemouth preview I think it's you and me doing post-match Bournemouth Saturday night yeah. yeah okay so hopefully we'll be talking about a big three points of Villa and a cracking atmosphere to boot as well uh, so thanks everyone for watching we'll see you again in the back end of the week